Hey everyone, here is the bonus, just some bonus thoughts to my Kenny Johnson, Kenny Bolt Wrestling podcast. A lot of people don't have access to pool training, so I, I, I lead with that, but um, I just had to take it, the opportunity, um, look into that and what that can do for somebody. And some of the things I was asked is, you know, what did you, what did I see that the, the training did for Kenny? And we talked a little bit about it, but I thought I could dive a little more into it. And quite frankly, you know, Kenny, it, if you see the way he's built, uh, the pool, it's like, <laughs> that is not his friend. And he grew up wrestling. He did not grow up swimming. And what I have seen is when you have somebody who's so good at something, and it's a lot of times, yes, there's great patience and discipline in, in fighting, but they can also use sort of brute force. And the incredible thing about the water is that never works. And so really to watch Kenny find this other gearing, the surrender to make it happen gear versus the will it to happen. And I sometimes feel like the water is is more how life is, which is we can't muscle everything. We, we're not really in charge. We can't dictate it. We, and, but yet, you know, it's sort of like you have to be strong enough to keep doing it. And, um, and so to watch Kenny kind of develop this new softer gear that just, you know, kind of makes him not only to be, you know, not only go further, being a different part of himself. And I see that too for myself. It's like really an objective environment that tells you what's on your mind because you're burning oxygen um, and all your thoughts and feelings and reactions are making it that you can't do this drill um, and nothing that you're doing physically. So it's, it's sort of a really interesting place to train. And when you, and we always joke that fighters and trainers do the worst in water. One, usually they're all sort of built, you know, five, six to five, 10. They usually have a little more mass, which burns air. And uh, they're used to like doing everything quickly and pushing and, you know, powering through. So it's always interesting to watch that. It's always fascinating when you see someone who is literally, you know, top of their field in another area, and then you get them in water. It's just really a completely different environment. And, it, you know, there's no air, so it adds a whole other dimension. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I grew up on an island, weirdly. I know it sounds weird. My mother trained dolphins um, when I was a kid. And I've just kind of been around water my whole life. And then pool training came into my life about 15 years ago when we built this pool in Laird, who doesn't have an, a, a special affinity for swimming laps, but really has the desire to be better and stronger at moving in water for his sport. Um, he kind of crash test dummied a few of us, myself and my friend Hutch and Darren and um, Dave. And, and we sort of all, he was like, try this, try this, try that. And so that's been about 15 years. And I have an advantage too. Not only did I grow up around water, but I'm tall. I'm 6'3". I have a lot less mass than a lot of these guys. So I'm just by nature, it's just sort of easier. You know, some of the things for me is sort of, okay, I know it sounds strange, but like even when you go to stroke with your arm, let's say I'm holding a weight in one arm and I'm going to reach to propel myself either horizontally or vertically. It's like there's a time that the arm is really soft in the reach, but then you want to generate power and then it switches. And so it becomes, you know, hard and you gen you sort of generate this force. And the same goes for the water. As you reach through the water, it's, it's really soft. But then as you grab with your hands and you sort of make this surface area, your paddle, if you will, 
there's this place to grab in the water. And I always thought that was sort of interesting because, you know, if, if someone is not comfortable in the water, they have this idea that, oh, water pulls me down. But as you do this training more and more, you realize also water lifts you up. How much time we have under there. You can feel like, oh, I, I think I'm out of air. But the reality is you have so much more time than you think. And I, I believe that's sort of true to things happening in our life. We speed everything up with stress and we make everything come at us even faster. And that ability, I know maybe you've experienced it when you've been in the flow state where, you know, if you're playing, let's say a sport, a ball gets very big and moves very slowly. Um, God forbid if you're, you know, experiencing like you've had a near accident or accident, how everything just slows down. And the water um, has helped me a lot to slow it down as I got more uncomfortable. And so I don't, I don't know that it's changed me, but it's made me really conscious of the contrast of those reactions. And um, as far as my you know, body and mind, there's a lot of magic training in the water. There's, you're in compression, so your blood's you know, getting circulated through your body quicker. You have less impact on your joints. Your mind has to find small moments to master itself. So when you're under and you think, oh, I feel like I'm out of air, and then you have to observe that versus react to that. And uh, so just kind of bringing that harmony between body and mind and when it's time to work. Even on like we have a move called the Reese's and you, you float down, you have a dumbbell. And when you go to the bottom, then the task is to pull the dumbbell in closer to your body, hydrodynamic. You jump, it's a ballistic move, and then you pull with your hand so you get all the way out. And I always, when I teach people, I go, listen, you're under the water and you have no air, but on the way down is the time to relax and not work. And then when your feet touch and you feel the bottom, okay, work to the top, float down. Because so much of our life, I feel like we're, we put so much stress into all the motions and all the thoughts and all the words. But what if we found those pockets where it's like, oh, in this part of my day or this part of my work or this part of the conversation, I can actually just float and relax. Okay, now I've got to engage. Now I've got to work. Because it's just less wear and tear on you emotionally. It's like you don't have to lean into every single thing. Some of the benefits are obviously you can do hypoxic training, you can be more efficient with less air, you can do ballistic training without just crushing your joints. And again, training in that compression. So a lot of times you'll be exhausted after training, but you are not just, you know, crushed or devastated and sore. So it's a very interesting environment. Um, if people are interested in getting into water training um, and if they don't have, it, it's hard because, you know, usually if like you're part of a YMCA or something, they don't want you ringing dumbbells there. But what I could say, we... If you have access to a pool, weirdly, everybody wears goggles. We wear masks to cover the nose. And the reason is, is that uh, once you start jumping and doing a, a sort of dynamic action, you don't want water going up your nose. It's disruptive. So weirdly, the first thing I say is um, that we wear a mask. And then secondly, um, if you wanted to try some of the moves, um, never do this alone. And, and certainly the more capable you are in the water, the more dangerous you are to yourself. 
that's why they have shallow water blackouts. So I always say, it doesn't matter who you are, just be very mindful of not doing this training alone. We don't scrub CO2, which is like what free divers do to override the impulse to breathe. Do not scrub CO2 in this training. That's not what we're doing. Um, and so, for example, let's just say freestyle swimming. Maybe you can do distance where you hold your breath and, and sort of see how you can increase that. Now, if for some reason you're able to bring dumbbells in, if you go online, you come to our site or XPT, we have something called an ammo box. It's a very basic move. And you are just below the surface, so less drag. Hold the dumbbell close to your body, but not tightly, right? Efficient. And start to do laps back and forth under. Make sure you look down. Your body's hydrodynamic. And, um, and start to play around with that. Um, but it listen, it's not easy to have access to this, but um, certainly... Uh, we do it at XPT events, and we do even have XPT trainings. Um, and so I, I don't mean to be obnoxious and share something that I'm like, oh, it's so great, and you can't do it. Um, it's just something that uh, we, you know, you have to learn carefully and, and sort of be watched and learn the right ways and things like that. You know, switching gears a little bit, Kenny talked about chasing the ghost. You know, it's like you win one, the next day you want to win two, and then you're training for three or then two in a row. And... Um, I think that that's like the the uh, perpetual, it's just set up for unhappiness. Um, and it's so natural, right? Like after you win, you go, oh, that felt good. I'd like to do that again. Um, I'd, I personally never experienced this. For me, sport and discipline and those environments of training and all these things, this this just made me feel better about myself in life. For any reason, you listen to the Kent Steffes his whole thing was about winning. But as far as like chasing that ghost, like, oh, maybe we can do three. Maybe we could be a dynasty. I think we have to be careful of that. Because at the end of the day, really, nobody's going to care anyway because they're going to replace you with the next person who breaks the record and or their generation's hero. And so I think I saw that really clearly. Now, if you're doing it for yourself because it motivates you and elevates you and inspires you, and it's that pursuit really is it feeds you in a different way, then that is the reason to do it. But to think you're going to, you know, I love when people use the word legacy. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you know, come on. This unsustainable, just completely not sustainable. So if that pursuit of your personal best and your excellence, so when you're done and you can leave it all behind, if that's your thing, perfect. If you think it's so that they can talk about you in 100 years, I'd say don't worry about it so much. And then the final question was, you know, have I found a way to manage motivation and pursuits with celebration and congratulating myself? <laughs> I don't know that I've ever congratulated myself. I think that's such an interesting concept. I think to pursue something that you love so deeply, um, especially something that's kind of fun, is such a gift that I never thought it back to congratulating myself. I think there have been moments where you're stepping off a field or a court and like, you know, you were working hard and then you left it or the mats, sorry, you know, you left it there and let's say you win, right? And you just know you left it there. There's kind of a deep breath that one takes that is sort of, for me, been the best version of a congratulations back to myself because it's like, yeah, it all came together. All that hard work, that information your coach was trying to get you to do work connecting with your teammates if you have them um good timing uh you were you were 
sort of at peak performance on the right day and you get to, you just take that big deep breath like yeah okay that that went the way I I had hoped and wanted and and actually tried to plan but for me that is the congratulations right the the getting to do it getting to be good at it getting to be successful at it um I just I think that's it I don't know uh, patting yourself on the back, I think that's something else. I think that's like I'm in traffic and somebody flips me off and I I don't lose my shit. You know, I might be like, well, good job, you're learning. <laughs> but, you know, walking off of a court after winning, um, you just say thank you. So as usual, I really appreciate your ears and your time. And uh, thanks for hanging out with me. That wraps it up for today. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to The Gabby Ree Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at Gabby Reese on Instagram and Twitter. Aloha. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.